All right, welcome back to episode 16 of the 20 Pages Book Club. Um, in today's episode, we go through a quick week recap since we're filming this on Saturday morning. Uh, we talked through chapters 19 through the end, uh, may or may not include epilogue for some, finishing Rocket Man. Um, we'll then go into our book reviews. Each member will score the book. We'll see where it ranks on our list. Um, then we'll do a quick snake draft. Um, we move snake draft to the end of this book. so. Um, to give it more runway of things to talk about. So we'll see how that goes. And then we'll talk about our next next book that we will be reading, Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, looking forward to talking about that and reading that. Um, yeah, looking forward to a great episode. Let's go. All right, welcome back. Uh, episode 16, uh, finishing up our, I believe it's our fifth book of the podcast. So look at us, we're, we're chugging along. Um, before we kind of get started on the last um, section of Rocket Man, um, anyone want to tell them how, like, that didn't come out as English, but how was everyone's week since we're doing this on Saturday morning? Uh, just had a mini stroke there. So someone, uh, someone tell me how their week was. Tyler mentioned that he was on the hot seat, so maybe we'll start off with him. Okay, the reason I'm on the hot seat, at 2.30, or no, at, at let's go, I think it was at like 1.30 a.m. last night, um, I was just peacefully laying in my bed, ready to go to bed, um, and then and then I, I started bleeding from my nose, and it took me like 10 minutes to realize, so I was smearing the blood all over my white sheets. And then when I finally realized, I looked down, I just like whole, oh, I was all over my white sheets at one thirty in the morning. So I spent the next two hours fucking rinsing it with cold water and then running it through the washing machine. So I didn't go to bed till like 4 a.m. It was just a disaster. Mm -hmm. So I'm ready for college. As someone who gets, as someone who gets bloody noses a ton, I, I sympathize with you. It's, uh, they're not fun. Just, uh, it was Dang. the white sheets that really just did it, you know? Uh, Kevin, go ahead. Uh, not much from my side. Had a busy week of work and coaching. It's just, it's just draining me. It's draining me. I didn't even read until last night, and I read like a chapter, and then I had to read the rest this morning. So I've been up since like six a.m. So yeah, that's kind of that's been my week. But I'm just like to get in front of the fact that we we jinxed Laura soccer. Yeah. Shout out you guys. So, so, and me, <laughs> I guess. I knew they were a poverty program from the time I set my eyes on them. Oh, it's all it's all funny games till Louisiana Tech beats Nebraska today outright. So it's all, it's all fun and games until that team from Minnesota comes and clobbers you again in the playoffs. All right. Anyways, Christian, you got anything for us? Uh, I'll detail my. 20 mile race last weekend so i showed up and it was pouring rain and they canceled it but all the participants decided to go and run anyways so in the 20 miles in the pouring rain tyler we made this agreement where if i went to kirkwood's with him to watch the nebraska game the night before he would come and pick me up i texted when i showed up this shit just got canceled he, I forgot what he said, like something like that sucks. 
then, <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't elaborate, so the race ended and uh I text Tyler, I try to call him, no response. So I was two miles away from home after running tw- 20 miles. It was still raining. I had no shirt on, no raincoat on because I took it all off because it was so drenched. And uh, I walked back shirtless in the pouring rain two miles uh, because my roommates failed to come help a guy out. I was going to say, is Brandon already rubbing off on him? Because that's such a Brandon response. No, like, no. That sucks. Time out, time out, time out. Okay. I, didn't even, I didn't even try to text Brandon. It was, <laughs> Tyler, Tyler was my only hope. Uh, like you said, he texted. I, I woke up. So I woke up at you know 7 a.m. to make sure this race was going on. I received the text, oh, it's canceled. That's all he said. So I figure he's coming home. So I go back to bed. And then... Like three hours later, I wake up and I get a text like, I'm walking alone in the pouring rain. I ran the race. <laughs> Dude, that the shower afterwards was like godly. It felt so nice. But uh I I did I I mentioned that in the story that I did say it was canceled, so uh you know, Tyler's not at fault. Just uh turned into a funny story. Just want to make sure I uh, put my name out here, you know. I understand. Uh, Christian Jared, bought me coffee this morning, so thank you. Appreciate it. Tyler folded my towels last night, so a little give and take here. Yeah, but you got to see some chemistry going on. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Jared. Uh, yeah, not too much for me. Um, it was another busy week at work for me, so it's kind of finishing up some stuff with that later in the evenings. Uh, what did I do? Played some tennis during the week, getting back into it, getting those lateral uh, movements in, pickleball, tennis, those country club sports I need to, later in life sports, I need to start practicing now so I can be dominating when I'm like 20 years from now. So playing the seed, uh, yeah, I still suck at tennis. My backhand is got awful, so uh, baby steps. But um, yeah, not too much for me this week. Weather's still extremely nice down here in Texas, so taking advantage of it uh, while I can. All right. Uh, anyone have anything else to share from the weekend uh, before we hop in here? Anything exciting? I guess it's Saturday morning. Anything exciting before rip off a hot take about the college football games, and we'll see if it comes true by the next meeting. There's an unbelievable slate today. We'll say that. Yeah. the best of the year. Um, so, yeah, can't wait to – after this, do nothing but watch college football all day. So I agree. Colorado, Colorado, uh, <laughs> Colorado beats Oregon by twenty. Oh Jesus! Iowa they, they flipped the line. Okay. Yeah, I don't know about that one. The whiteout game. You're gonna beat them at the whiteout game. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it might be storming, so it might be an ugly game. Oh, that's Kate. Kate is gonna be seeing ghosts. Not, not like the Iowa. Take the Iowa team total under. I'm saying Rutgers, Rutgers keeps it close with Michigan. I'm not saying they win. I have them covered. I think it's closer. I think it's closer than people think. I would love nothing more than to see Rutgers beat Michigan today. I yes, it would be still your hopes up there. Wait, wait, Brandon, I don't know if he's going to wake up for the Michigan game because. I described that story of me doing all that shit at 3.50 a.m. And I heard him come in right as I was going to bed at 4 a.m. So, uh, yeah. What time is it? Is it at 11? Yeah. 
Well, he was asleep during the the game like two weeks ago. So yeah, yeah. He's he's a check the box scores fan, so like yeah. he doesn't really care. It's enough to wake up, but he'll act like it on social media for everybody. Yeah, he's gonna. Well, he might not post the hype video today. He usually does. <laughs> he may miss the hype video. He might he, he might have missed it this morning. Uh, all right. Uh, that's good stuff. Uh, with that, we'll transition over to the chapter summaries. Uh, really excited to finish this book out. And then, uh, of course we will do a snake draft. I don't know if that was mentioned. And then we are going to leave a book review. And finally we revealed what book we're reading last week. Uh, Killers of Flower Moon. Kevin is going to read the summer or the, the trailer or whatever you would call for that. False. Nope. You are. That's your job. I've just assigned it to you. All right, with that, chapter 19, Earthrise. And side note, uh, if you flip in the middle of the book, they have a picture. Uh, the picture that this chapter title is based off of is in the book, and it is it is a really cool picture. Um, um, I finally read the one chapter that I was missing out on from uh, last required reading. Our, our, our companion. Our most ancient companion. Yeah, that was dog shit. All right, I, I agree. Could be the worst chapter that we have ever read. All right. Well, well it'll be it'll be in our year end um, award show. Year end award show. It's on there. It's a it's a nomination officially. It's so. an official nomination. All right, chapter nineteen, Earthrise. Borman now approached the dark side of the moon. Timing had to be precisely accurate. Group waited anxiously as they approached that moment. It happened exactly when NASA had predicted. With that, the astronauts were on their own for the next 36 minutes. Given this, Mission Control took the opportunity for a break. Finally, Lovell was able to gaze upon the dark side of the moon, with Borman and Anders quickly following. However, they had to focus. The SPS engine ignition was imminent. It meant it went for the longest four minutes they'd ever experienced. But thankfully, they were captured by lunar orbit. With that, the crew had the opportunity to gaze upon the moon. Mission Control now sat waiting for confirmation. It came from Lovell. Go ahead, Houston. Over. Burn complete. Cheers and tears erupted throughout the Mission Control. A major hurdle had been conquered. After a few hours, Apollo 8 had completed its first full revolution. On December 24th, they went live to the world. In a happy moment, Lovell announced they passed Mount Maryland in honor of his wife. Passionately, Anders continued to shoot all aspects of the moon especially marveling at Earthrise. They all looked upon Earth in a different light. Here they had come to discover the moon, but found Earth in a different light. Uh, any thoughts on the initial chapter? We're kind of thrust into uh, the mission again, you know, picking up steam here, so. My initial thoughts. No, you go ahead, Jared. No, I was just going <laughs> to talk about the pictures tomorrow, so you go ahead. I was kind of going to talk about the pictures, too. When I initially read this chapter, <laughs> when I initially read this chapter, I was like, I was trying to comprehend how small the moon or how small the Earth was from like the viewpoint of orbiting the moon. And in my head, I was like, how can the Earth be? They were making it sound like it was like a marble compared to like how far away they were from it. And I was so confused. And then I started thinking about this is going to be probably not for this audience. But then I started thinking about the radius of like the moon. And how, like, the horizon line, is it, does it look, because obviously when you're on Earth, like, it looks flat, obviously, until, like, the horizon. But since the moon is smaller, does that horizon, is that horizon, like, closer, does it look tiny from, like, where you're orbiting it, if that makes any sense? 
So, I mean, technically, isn't that picture from the horizon line of the moon? So, like sixty miles, sixty-nine miles above the moon. Yeah, they're sixty-nine above like, the moon. So you guys can kind of start to see curvature in that sense. Yeah, I feel like you just see more of the curvature, right? Like it would be smaller because the moon's smaller, correct? Like if you were doing yeah, sixty-nine miles above the Earth, you'd see like. I don't know what the you obviously don't see the curvature of the earth from like a normal plane but i know like some of the super advanced military aircraft you start to see like the, the curvature like at sixty thousand, i think or seventy thousand feet or whatever it is um but yeah definitely probably a shorter distance above the moon just because it's smaller i would think right yeah <laughs> yeah um any other mentions from that chapter before we move on? <clears throat> All right, with that, we'll move to Chapter 20, The Heaven and the Earth. Despite the success, sleep was still an issue. Borman took a three-hour opportunity to try and catch up. Meanwhile, important work was still on the horizon. Lovell described potential moon landing sites to mission control. Meanwhile, at home, Susan Borman prepared his eulogy. Another hurdle approached the launching of the Trans-Earth Injection. With it, Borman grew anxious, the crew was severely lacking sleep, and Borman begged Anders to sleep, even commanding him, in which he obliged. In all, Borman had only 80 minutes of sleep since reaching the moon. The crew now awoke for a long time, they still hadn't decided on an appropriate Christmas message for the telecast. However, the final idea had come from Christine Layton. They went live and began show by showing off all aspects of the moon and their experiences. Finally, Borman nudged Anders and began reading Genesis. Together, they finished the opening pages of the Bible. In the end, signing off with good luck, a Merry Christmas, and God bless all of you. With that, America wept at the beauty of it all. I will read Genesis. Uh, give me a second. I got to find the book. Thoughts on that, though. So what are your thoughts on the choosing of Genesis and what idea would you propose to be reading on the moon? While I find Genesis. I was good confused. Night, good night, moon. Would be a good one. That's, that's, that is great. That's great. <laughs> that, would, that would be better than Genesis, honestly. Well, I was, didn't they talk, so they talk about in the meeting when they're deciding, they're like, we don't want to get religion into yeah. it, and then they decided going ahead with religion in it. I mean, like, it still gave me chills. I sent the video in our group chat. Like, it still gave me chills, like, listening to it, but, like, they said they weren't going to go religion, and then they went religion, and, like, they even bring it up later in the in the book that, like, someone tried to sue for, like, them getting religious and, like, taking it to court. Obviously, they didn't go through. What a Karen. What a Karen. Yeah, I yeah. Imagine, imagine trying to make the moon landing about yourself. I love how the Supreme Court just threw it out and then she tried to appeal and they also just threw the case out. I mean, it wouldn't have worked anyways, because ultimately it was the astronauts that picked it, not like a NASA official decision. Yeah, uh, like, they didn't even know. Yeah. All right. I will. I mean, and I'm sure I'm sure they're projected by like NASA and the government when they make those decisions like there's like who's going to fuck with NASA. But she said she said they were impeding on her uh, First Amendment right, which is wild. Like that that's their First Amendment right to read the book of Genesis. I think it's like, you don't you don't you don't have to watch TV if you don't want yeah. to. Yeah. No one's making you watch TV. 
I feel like they are reading by Pastor Tyler. <laughs> Pastor Tyler. Tyler. Tyler's chomping at the bit. For those that are not caught up on Bible study, I will read the opening pages of Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. All right, and this is where Lovell picks up, and he goes, And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and the evening and the mornings were the first day. And God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament, firmament and divide the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were <laughs> above the firmament. And it was so. And God called the firmament heaven. And the evening and the morning were the second day. And then finally Borman concludes, And God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together Onto one place and let the dry land appear, and it was so. And so, and God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters he called seas, and God saw that it was good. All right, so there is your Bible catch up. I thought, um, my thoughts on it, I think it's good. I think, I think it's a, it'd be tough to figure out what to say, all right, because you got the whole world watching you, so you got to be very particular about what you say. I do think, although it's religious, I think. Um, I think it's a, it's not like, I don't know how to explain it. It's not like overly like Christian in a way, you know, like you could still represent the Jewish faith and, you know, so it's not like there are other people represented. So I don't, I don't think it's terrible, but from a religious perspective, but I thought it was a good, it made sense given the context of what they were doing. That's what I'm going to say. I mean, it does come directly from the old Testament, but. I would agree that like you can kind of apply that uh, to whatever religion that you practice. Yeah, I they mentioned like it being the most watched thing of all time. I wonder if that still is the case. I was gonna try to look that up, but I didn't. But, um, I'd be interested to see if it's still the most most watched thing of all time. They mentioned the total world's population at one point, and they said 3.5 billion, which I found pretty appalling, given that we're at like 7 billion people now, so doubled in, what, 60 years? You can you can thank two countries for that. India and who else? China. China. Um, all right. Um, with that, I'll move to chapter 21 aiming for home the crew didn't have time to reflect they had to focus on tei trans-earth injection the risk of failure was high and they relied on the fateful sps engine with an hour remaining and the data examined mission control cleared apollo 8 to attempt tei at mission control the room became packed at home susan and valerie prepared to listen together as with before nasa could tell if sps was successful by timing it at 11.42, communication was lost due to high cost and difficulty. There was no contingency plan if the maneuver failed. They would simply die. With that, the group awaited for the final moment. It was now Christmas on Earth, and the year couldn't afford another catastrophe. With the 99 signal, Lovell pressed the button. I do, there's a point in this 
book where um they talked about how NASA has all of these instruments and it in the end it all comes down to like one of the most basic instruments, oldest instruments we ever invented, a clock. Like I thought that was a cool um thing to add. Oh <laughs> explain. And I mean, there. Whenever, whenever the or the spacecraft disappeared behind the moon, all they they couldn't read it from any of their computers. All they had was their timing on the clock, right? So like, they knew when it disappeared, and they knew when it should come out. So for those thirty six minutes or whatever it was, all they had was a clock. So I thought that was, you know, it. We have all the instruments in the world, but it all comes down to a simple clock in the end. Yeah. Shout out. Uh, yep. Christian said, sold as mankind. All right. Uh, uh, any thoughts the on the behind, Just the math behind all of this and like having everything needing to go perfect is just like, if you start thinking about it, it's actually crazy. Like how they were literally off by like a fraction of a second in terms of accuracy and calculating everything. Like it's just wild to think about like not even like a single mistake was made in terms of like, computing something that no one had ever experienced and just based off like theory basically which is just insane to think about yeah the precision is a little unbelievable if i may say <laughs> with with that being said uh i i think throughout this book something that started to piss me off was analogies such as the facts like when they were going in for re-entry there was analogy made that it's like throwing a a paper airplane through uh they're like a mailbox slot from however many miles away. It's not a perfect analogy because if you're throwing a paper airplane through a mailbox slot, you don't make the calculations and you don't do the stuff behind the scenes and create these aircrafts that NASA is creating. So it's not, it's not a one-to-one -one analogy. In other words, I found those to start to be kind of absurd. Yeah, if you could, if you could course correct the paper airplane halfway through, you know, exactly, <laughs> and build it perfectly <laughs> and calculate exactly how you'd have to throw it. I think they're most more so saying they're trying to hit a window that small from like a from a place very far away, like that. Was yeah, the analogy. I get it from that standpoint, but it's not quite the same. Christian doesn't fuck with it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I gotta demonetize my bed. All right, chapter twenty-two. Please be informed. Uh, we're not making any money anyway, so it doesn't matter. Say whatever you want. Chapter twenty-two. Please be informed. There is a Santa Claus. Twelve nineteen. Twelve nineteen a.m. Approached. At that point, contact would reappear in Australia. They reported a signal. They radioed into the pilots. No response. A few more attempts and more passing minutes and no response. Finally, Lovell came over the transmission. Please be informed, there is a Santa Claus. It turned out the crew was focused on other tasks before turning on their antenna, leaving Earth with no signs of life. Deke Slayton hopped on Capcom to wish everyone on board a Merry Christmas. Despite the moment, there is still the return ship trip that had to commence. As always, they read the astronauts the Daily News, which gave them an opportunity to poke fun at Flat Earther Samuel Shenton. In addition, they received news of Christmas at home. The family sent their well wishes, which meant a lot for the astronauts. 
With that, Apollo 8 went live on television again. In this edition, they gave a solid rendition of MTV Cribs, showing aspects of the Apollo 8 module. At dinner, they opened up something special, roast turkey, a little bit of brandy, and gifts from their wives. A collection of cuffs and ties. Alright, my question is, uh, seems like the climax up to this point, I think this was sort of the climax of the story, was the functioning of the trans-earth injections. Do you think the author did a good job of describing the moment and your overall thoughts? See, I think there's technically three climaxes, or there's supposed to be. There's like, they mentioned there's three parts that the mission could go wrong, or haywire, that they were most concerned about dying. First being like liftoff. So I think there was a climax there when he talks about the countdown. Then he talks about the the, so the entry into the Earth's or into the moon's like gravity and going behind the dark side of the moon, and then leaving the moon, going into Earth's gravity. I think, and then it going back down. So I think there's multiple climaxes. So I I think it's tough to kind of work up those again like without trying like i think he mentioned like the author mentions how important these are but like when there's multiple ones it's hard to like build it up every time i think that makes sense i think this was the hardest climax though um just because of what well, it what it entailed if they what do you mean by that <laughs> It was, In all seriousness, what makes a climax hard? The magnitude of it. Like hardest to write about or hardest to... Well, because of uh, the context behind it, if it failed. I think it it's worse. It's not like immediate death. I guess the translunar in injection, like you could just be sent off into space, into the void, or you crash into the moon. Uh, one of those two options, you die pretty fast. Uh, with with this, what is this, TEI, if it doesn't fire, you're just stuck in lunar orbit for eternity. And they, they mentioned how they would probably die within a week when oxygen ran out. So I think it's the fact that that would happen if it failed uh, that made this kind of the biggest moment out of all three of those. Yeah, I agree with Christian. As as Jared mentioned, there is multiple climaxes. They're climaxing multiple times. But, um, uh, you know, as Christian said, I, I think the author kind of gives this one the most focus. Like, he gives the most tension to this one. And I think that's for, like, a, you know, a particular reason. I think this is, like, the... I think, like, the way it happened, the way it developed was that was that they didn't get the signal back from them immediately, and I think that was very tense to a, a level. Um, and it was just something simple that the astronauts were just focused on something else. I mean, I can't imagine being at mission control, and, like, you get the signal from Australia that they've came around, but then you get, like, no response from the crew. That's, like, very concerning. I also think they could have lost pressure or something, and, like, yeah. they could be passed out. Like, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, this climax is also probably the biggest just because it's an unknown climax so if you go out if you die in the unknown that's tough whereas if you die during takeoff or landing that's it you're at least on earth when like so you know what exactly happened to the the astronauts whereas if you go yeah. into the unknown they climax that, yeah. the unknown climax is just a touring 
the unexpected (laughs) okay uh we'll move on uh chapter 23 help from an old friend time was now passing slowly on the ship the return required less work Lovell continued to shoot stars with his sextant. On one occasion, he misinputted and caused the spacecraft to over-rotate, causing a thruster to fire. Borman had to manually stop the spin. To do this, he relied on something else. Dust. Turning the craft back in the direction of dust particles, with that, they were steadied. However, they still needed to orient the spacecraft. The group didn't particularly know how they planned to accomplish this. Andrews and Borman expressed their anger at Lovell. To fix this, they turned to an old friend the stars they were to give themselves a ballpark estimate based on the stars uh that they could locate with that nasa was able to give them directions to fix themselves nasa had prepared another surprise they played the astronauts oh holy night enjoy to the world with that christmas passed on december 26th they were now just 20 hours from landing in the pacific to this point all corrections had led them correct with that it was pacific ocean or bust Reentry was dangerous and required. Sorry, I didn't. <laughs> okay, reentry was dangerous and required exact calculations and angles. It was dangerous. Upon reentry, they'd be flying twenty-four thousand five hundred miles per hour, uh, with a small window to hit the entry corridor. If too steep, the spacecraft would incinerate and kill everyone on board. If too shallow, it'd be thrown up into space. Even if right, the astronauts faced temperatures of five thousand degrees and intense G forces. At 15 minutes to go, they severed the connection between the command module and the service module. It had served them well. The ship was now 12,000 pounds. It was 6.2 million at launch. With that, re-entry commenced. Borman called out the last instruction. This is going to be a real ride. Hang on. Um, And a ride it was. And a ride. Do we think, do we think that they played up uh, whose mistake was it? Lovell's mistake? Just because everything had gone perfect, they needed a little, a little something in here to get get the readers' nerves going. Be quite honest, I didn't understand it. I didn't understand like what the what the issue like. How could you not tell? I don't know. My understanding was that it was like rotating into a sense where they lost their bearings. Yeah, they had no set, no orientation to base themselves on. No orientation, and when you can't see the Earth and you can't see the Moon, they I okay. don't think they knew where they were. I think that's from my understanding. That's why they're looking at the dust to see. Like, I still don't really understand that part, but like, I think they're using that to understand their bearings. Um, within me and Christian like, are gonna go look for Jim Lovell on Lake Michigan, and we're we're gonna ask him. I was really disappointed when we'll talk about it later when I looked up Lovell's restaurant before they said it closed, and I was like, "We should go get a meal there," but it closed in 2015. So, yeah, yeah his, his his son restaurant's still open. I don't think he had, I don't think it's space themed anymore though. Going back to the dust, so you know how you, like you see dust coming through your like if you have a light into like a dark room and you can see like the dust particles kind of. I'm guessing they like tried to fixate on one of those, and then as they were like rotating around it, like you can tell. Which way it rotates? Like inertia, like kind of like which way it's it's moving. Because you'd be moving like either this way or this way around the the dust particle, like clockwise or counterclockwise. That still doesn't make sense to me. How you would like stop that rotation? I guess they have. Well, they have thrusters. Yeah. But going back to Christian's question, I think I don't. I think they definitely over hyped it to what it probably was in real life, but I definitely think it was in this situation. I think every 
minor or potential mistake is really heightened in that situation just because of the magnitude of it. So I think it probably was an issue if they didn't take care of it, but luckily they're obviously they had the best crew that they thought to manage that. So I don't think it ever turned out to be anything too crazy. Also, we talk about AI, you know, taking over, gaining consciousness that's that lives in people's minds. It's a big fear, I guess. Uh, but the fact that a computer can think that you're one moment floating in space and the next moment moment on the launch pad kind of just proves that computers are limited and have no intuition. Um, definitely something that was probably fixed moving forward, programmed into the computer so that you can't go from deep space to launch pad in a matter of seconds. Uh, but I thought that was interesting too. Worth worth noting, this is the 1960s. So they're, the computers they have, you know, are worse than the iPhone that we currently are using. So <laughs> they're also like the size of buildings. Yeah. It's quite interesting how the technology has only gotten better. And then now we all of a sudden haven't gone back to the moon since we have cameras and stuff that can capture higher quality details and technology that can better track I th our did money. Did India just go to the moon? I think Actually, it's cool, cool fact. So my uncle, or my dad's cousin, kind of my uncle, actually worked on the lunar module that they just sent. So pretty cool that uh, it works for like the Indians version of NASA. But yeah, they just sent their first like lunar rover. Oh, okay. So onto the moon. No humans. Did they? No humans. Did they orbit the moon, or they just sent? the module up there. Um, I think I think I don't know if I don't know the exact details. I don't know. It probably did a some sort of orbit before it landed, but it landed on the moon, I think, and it was gathering data. I think at this point we know everything we're gonna know about the moon until like we decide to set up a colony or whatever on the moon. So that's why I think we've seen humans yeah, but, not go up there, I guess. But Kevin, what about all the rovers that we've sent to the moon and Mars? You've seen those or that's not people though. Okay, to Kevin's point, they do the same we, thing. Did, we did lose the original footage of the moon landing. Did anyone know that? I was trying to find it last night. They had to, like, recover it. Some guy, uh, I'm going to butcher this. I don't know the full story, but some guy just, like, somehow procured, like, random government tapes and found the moon landing on one of the tapes, and that's how the footage was recovered. Tyler, I don't believe the moon's fake. <laughs> Wait, you think the moon landing is? Well, think about we were we had our backs up against the wall in a time that we needed a win. I mean, I, I guess I'm talking more about this lunar orbit right now. I believe lunar. I honestly believe the lunar orbit, kind of. Did you ask video, your grandma? No, I forgot to. Also, Christian, I watched that video when they're putting the flag in the ground. That is the the most sketchy. I, I don't know if that makes sense that to me. Part. When they're putting well, that's, the flag that's in, that's one of the, the big flag, points. Like it's waving in the wind, right? It was like bouncing, like it was a, like it had springs in it or something. I don't know. It, it didn't look right to what I thought it would look like. Obviously, there's less gravity on the moon, but there's still gravity. No, you're still getting pulled down when you jump. Yeah, it's it, one sixth, isn't it? It's one sixth the. I think the so. gravity of. 
of so it's like instead of nine point eight meters per second, it's like one point eight, something like that. Um, Neil Neil Armstrong and I, who was down there with him, it wasn't. Uh, Buzz Aldrin. Was it Buzz Aldrin? I thought yeah. he stayed. No, Colin okay. stayed next. Collins, yeah. Neil and Buzz were just like cruising in like a moon rover. It was kind of funny. Do you see the they're video of them jumping when they're like, hop, yeah. hop, hop, yeah. and they're just bouncing in? Tyler, they were singing like Tom Bombadil songs. <laughs> I respect, man. Have you ever seen the video of Buzz Aldrin uh, punching that the one of the famous moon landing, moon, moon conspiracist, conspiracy guys? Dude, that's awesome. I bet you that these guys wanted to do that. Like, if I went on this mission and someone and I heard back that like there was a flat earther denying the mission, I would go back to Earth, track them down, and punch them in the face. Dude, that's what in mean, the epilogue they talk about. Someone like came up to Borman's like uh, auto shop and like started like fighting them, and his, and his son was like, "Imagine if they found out this man was just on the moon, like, or like just orbited the moon, like." I'll send it in the group chat so you can watch while I read the next chapter summary. But um, and you'll post it in the Discord. That's what you'll do. Okay, fine. It's going in the whatever our. Discord. Well, actually, Psych, I haven't, uh, I haven't created a uh, area for this book yet, so it's going in the general discussion. I need to get one more thing off my chest. Okay, we we have all the we have all this great technology now. So I feel like it'd be so easy to prove all these people that believe the moon landing was fake, like prove that we could actually do it now with this new technology. So why not just shut all of them up? I guess there's probably not much value in going now if we actually did the first time, just because it obviously could. I honestly don't, see, I don't even think NASA, NASA even cares about the people that don't believe it. Like, yeah, that's true. I think that there's what still, I? I think there's still a lot of risks involved, even with advancements in technology i think at that time you want to beat the soviets that's the main goal uh and now there's we already did it there's really no one to beat the next race would be to mars but i don't think that's happening anytime soon yeah there's no one to race against we have no push also they've go ahead go ahead i'm gonna ask you (laughs) topic I was gonna say they 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 play up all this BS about like the moon being able to tell us things about Earth millions of years ago and about human civilization. I think it's all kind of bullshit. Like the the moon is great. Uh, obviously, like plays into the function of Earth and and life being sustained here. But I think we already knew about all that we could know about the moon and how it supports life on Earth. At this you don't point. have to say you don't have to say the moon's great. It sucks. <laughs> i didn't know that if we didn't have the moon i didn't know that our days would be like eight hours long and we'd be subject to well we probably wouldn't have life here just because it would be too hot or too cold yeah. to sustain life i didn't know that piece i just thought it was the tides i thought we'd just have no waves and that's about it why did we stop sending doing any moon did they say in that blog i remember it said like Apollo 17 was the last one. There was... Just like the risk reward. I don't think we like there, like once you get to a certain amount of knowledge, like, is there really? Yeah. And I guess it's like, expensive. Setting up a call. I mean, it's just expensive. We also have like the, even like the International Space Station, like we, they're shutting that down, I think, just because like it's super expensive and like at a certain point, like 
you can only gather so much data that's not changing really. This is my point exactly. Apollo 8 was like supposed to be this pioneer mission where we were we're going to find out all there is to know about human civilization and they run like what Apollo 11, Apollo 12, Apollo 13 didn't even get there so technically two missions and they're just like all right, we know we know all we need to know. We're done. I know, I think it was we went up to 17. Oh. Well, I didn't read the last eight pages, so. Um, <laughs> anyways, like four four missions to the moon. Like I think Apollo eight kind of average moon denier. <laughs> Apollo eight played up the whole like the moon's gonna you know it's gonna change our lives sort of deal. I mean, okay. Uh, I think we should move on. I think we're we're circling the wagons here a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Wait, I need to get one more thing off my chest. If, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. If you want to watch the Buzz Aldrin video, it's in the book club Discord in the general discussion. Uh, chapter 24, The Men Who Saved 1968. Apollo 8 was now launching back towards the surface at 25,000 miles per hour. The G-forces approached 7 Gs and maximum G. The ship endured temperatures half the temperature of the sun. Despite the conditions, the craft held strong. With that, Houston regained contact. The three parachutes went off without a hitch, showing them slowing them down to 19 miles per hour. It was coming to plan. However, the landing jolted them. They had come straight down on the flat side of the aircraft and flipped completely upside down. Even worse, the garbage had fallen upon them. Borman vomited again. This guy's got such a weak stomach. Lovell and Anders proclaimed, Typical army guy can't handle the water. At Mission Control, they launched into celebration. American flags were flown, cigars lighted, and tears were flowing. With that, the men were put onto a life raft and then a helicopter aboard the ship. They thanked the sailors for their efforts. From there, they took a call from President Johnson, Anders, while on the toilet. That was followed by a medical exam and a call to their wives. The next day, they flew to Hawaii and then back to Houston. There, they reunited with their families and drove home. In a letter to the astronauts, a man calmly penned the astronauts had saved 1968. Cool. That is that is the book. Uh, we have we have the epilogue. I don't I don't typically write summaries for epilogues. So, um, any thoughts on the epilogue? I don't want to say any thoughts on the book. We'll get to that in the, the reviews. But any thoughts on the epilogue? Things that were mentioned in there or that last chapter. Um, I guess this would be a main kind of summarization. They were all three extremely successful outside of NASA. Um, they mentioned that I think all of them went to get like CEOs at CEO level positions. Um, Borman at Eastern Airlines, uh, I think Anders at uh, Thermal Dynamics and uh, General Dynamics. Level at, General Dynamics and Level at uh, GE, I think, right? They mentioned or GE or yeah, mixing them up. Whatever the case, they all were extremely successful in management. I guess when you solve an issue and go through that stress of getting to the moon, you can kind of pretty much do anything. And every single problem on Earth looks pretty mundane, I would imagine. Um, so they probably made ideal candidates in the business world. But um, yeah, I thought it was. I thought that blog was summed up really well. I, I don't think I've read a bad blog this thus far like i think every epilogue we've read has done a good job like summarizing what happened with our characters and like shot a tear at the end so did its job in that aspect too really an epilogue's pretty hard to mess up you get to basically say all the interesting facts about 
like what you wrote the people or whatever that you wrote about which it's i guess you could include not interesting facts but i feel like it's you get a pretty big pool of stuff to pull from i thought it was pretty interesting i knew throughout the whole book how what's her face i can't think of her name now is it sarah susan susan i i knew that there was gonna be something with her mental health but then it was kept to the epilogue i thought it was gonna be something like during the actual reading like there was going to be something that occurred while they were up in space i thought that was going to play a big role because the author just kept going back to specifically susan and how she how she was always feeling and you'd briefly gloss over marilyn and the other wife forgetting her name too but and yeah he'd always go back to susan and talk about how she was struggling i thought there was going to be like an attempted suicide or something that happened with like the alcohol problem, but it wasn't until the epilogue that we really saw what happened with her, but yeah. Uh, I would take the opportunity to leave the, read the last paragraph. I think it's pretty good. Not from the epilogue from the actual book itself. Uh, regarding the spaceship, it had traveled over whites, only lunch counters in the South through jungles in Vietnam where young men fell over the confines of two of of the America's, America's great civil rights leaders, it had blown across streets bloodied by protesters and police, passed a segregationist president, presidential campaign into radios playing uh, songs of alienation and revolt. It had made its way through 10 million American souls who didn't have enough to eat, alongside generations that no longer trusted each other into a White House where a no longer loved president slept. And then obviously it was followed by Thanks, You Saved 1968. So it does I think put that it... captures. Yeah, go ahead. You're going to say the same thing cap... I'm going to say. Yeah, I think that captures kind of the point of the book. It was for this uh, mission to be kind of the one thing amidst chaos uh, in the world at home uh, that kind of brought people together and uh, helped take some of the uh, help distract a little bit from some of the awful things going on. Have we had an event like that since then that's like brought America together as much as that did, do you think? 9 /11. I guess like I mean, 9 11. I was going to say 9 11. Yeah. That's yeah. like a darker view, I would say, brought it together. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think even in the epilogue, they even talk about how like the balls that NASA had to pull off Apollo 8, like they kind of put it in perspective. And after interviewing all the people involved, they, Paul 11 obviously gets a lot of notoriety just because it landed people on the moon and Apollo 13, obviously because of the disaster that almost happened, but everyone kind of circles back to Apollo 8 and it's like sheer importance and to kind of unlocking America's space potential. And I think, I think the epilogue kind of does a good job of kind of showing the importance of this and why a book like this is maybe important to read if you're interested in space, because I mean, I know before, kind of reading this i had no idea like about any of the space missions really besides like all 11. so i thought that was an interesting thing that he kind of tied up in the blog as well i think that's a great transition point to uh get to the book reviews so we'll, we'll know what everyone thinks of the book um and some scores so anyone want to volunteer to go first if not i can go but they want to see if anyone wants to jump on first Tyler, why don't you go first? I feel like you never, you never. 
Never go first. I don't know if that's true, but um, I'm glad to go first. Um, all right. So I I was talking to Christian last night in um our dining room, and I and I said my thoughts. I was going to say why you bloody the sheets up. <laughs> that too. Uh, I used the term. I'm very neutral to this book. I think. I think what I thought about this book is that a lot of the subject matter didn't interest me a lot, but I still thought it was well-written overall, so some I'll, I'll start off with complaints because then it's easier to finish up with. I think Kevin touched on it. I think there was a lot of focus put on Susan, and there was not actually a resolution to it within the book, which, if you're going to set something up so much, you kind of expect there to be um, a payoff within the book, you know, it, when something happens in the epilogue, it's no longer important to the central story. So, um, I, I think, I think I would have discluded a lot of the Susan parts, if I'm being honest. I think, I think he focused on it wrong, I think is the best way. I think he didn't focus on it through the lens of Borman like he should have. He kind of gave the focus to Susan. If he more focused on like how it affected Borman, I think that would have been much more interesting. He mentioned it at certain points, but I think that's the lens he should have attacked it through. Um, but I just, it was a lot of setup for no payoff on that end. So that was my biggest complaint on it. Um, I do say, I think this book could have done well, including, I found the parts where they mentioned the year and the feelings around the year to be very interesting. And I think he didn't, give enough shine to like how bad that year actually was and how triumphant this moment really was. I think if this book kind of included more aspects of the historical importance and everything that was going on, I think it would have been well served. Obviously we had it in the first part of the book, but uh, it would have been, we didn't revisit it until like the very end where he tied it back together. I think it, we could have had flakes of it throughout um, that's more of a personal anecdote, not a complaint, though. Um, moving to positives, obviously a fascinating story. I think it's well written. I think the accounts, since they're all still alive, were very good. You could tell, you know, all the information. There is more information that you would get out of this book than, like, you know, you would have to interview them several times to get the information that was included in this book. So that's my way of saying it's well-researched and uh, it did a good job at um, um, shining lights on all of the characters within the book and telling their story. So I think that's always a positive. Uh, as I circling back to this, what I said at the start, I'm very neutral. I didn't, I didn't find it necessarily really interesting. I think this is like a lot of people would have about the great game or like they, this may not interest them. This, there's parts of this book that just didn't interest me that much, but I still think it was well written. Um, so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw my first duplicate score at something. Uh, I'm giving it a seven five. I'm giving it the exact same score I gave the Great Game. I think I, I think it's well written, so I don't want to like it's just not my my cup of tea. Uh, so like I just feel like it perfectly lines up a Great Game to me because I think that's a lot of the same thoughts I would have about that book. So. Um, if it doesn't interest you, like space program doesn't interest you, I think you'd struggle with this book. I mean, I, 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 yeah, I'm talking too much. All right. <laughs> Wait in that. 
Uh, I can, I guess I can go next since I just decided to speak. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to echo. I'm going to echo a lot of the things that Tyler said. But the one difference that I'll start out with from Tyler is this is something that actually does interest me. Space travel and physics. And it was interesting to learn. There's a lot of things you take for granted when you read and learn and watch videos about space travel and stuff like that such as like where do they use the restrooms and stuff like that so learning a ton of that stuff was very interesting to me i thought this book was a very easy read in the past when i've sat down and had to read like 100 plus pages in a day it's it's been a struggle for some books specifically like uh great game just brutal predecessor yeah yeah but when i sit down with this one i was actually flying through it and it was just overall the topic and the subject was very interesting to me Again, I'll agree with Tyler. The the Susan part of the story was a little weird. I did think he did a really good job ending it in the epilogue. The last paragraph, last couple of paragraphs in the epilogue when he was talking and forgot exactly what was said, but it was something along the lines of Frank's mission being Susan now, kind of thing. Yeah. Like he said, Susan is the best wife and best mother a person could ever hope to have. I was selfish and I was lucky. And then he talks about all the things he misses out on now like awards and dinners and like meetings and stuff that he could be attending. But now it's almost like he's almost living with regret that he put her through what he did. And it, it was honestly pretty sad to read about. And it was pretty, that was one of the more emotional parts of the story for me. But again, it was in the epilogue. So I wish it would have been touched on maybe a little more throughout the actual story. Um, Overall, I thought the writing style was pretty good, especially at the beginning. We talked about it in the first few meetings when he did the, a little bit of info about the mission and what was going on with the mission and then a little bit of backstory. So we, we ended up getting pretty good look into the lives of the three three astronauts. The, the actual chapter about the, the moon, whatever that was called, that one was absolute garbage. But besides that, I thought all of the background info chapters were pretty solid and gave us valuable info. Um, I guess we talked about this too during this meeting. One of the things I didn't like was how they probably played up the the over-rotation thingy during when they were coming back to Earth just to try to make it seem like there was an issue going on, just to try to create some sort of problem or show that there was an issue and that the astronauts had to act because previous to that everything seemed to be going perfect and it ended up all going perfect um yeah so i guess overall i'm going to give this book i think i'm going to give it an 8.1 overall it was just really interesting to me also the software part of it software testing and how they didn't do that's something I relate to because that's something I do at my job. And that was really interesting to read about from a perspective of actually having knowledge in that field. So yeah, overall it was interesting and it, it, it touched interesting things I have interest in overall. So 8.1 is my score. All right. I can go next since I'm talking next and the way Kevin said it. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to echo what you guys all kind of said. Um, I'll start off with my cons. Uh, I think I kind of quickly touching on the soothing that I don't want to be a dead horse. I thought that was a little odd the way it was just how many times it was mentioned. Um, but then like we said at the end, it kind of just 
it was kind of tied up in that blog, which I thought was a little bit strange. I think like Tyler and Kevin said, it deserved maybe another chapter at the end, either explaining their personal lives after it or whatever the case may be. It almost feels like he told the story through the interview that they had with each of the astronauts. So they start off with early in life and then I'm assuming it kind of probably was a gap between like what actually happened post and then like recently with all the health issues within their kind of life. Um, so in that aspect, I think it could have been tied up a little bit better, but I, I'm kind of, like I said, grasping for straws at something that I think overall was really well written and well researched, um, like Tyler said. Uh, in terms of the, the, the other, some other cons, um, like I said, I, I thought it was going to be maybe a little bit more interesting personally since I had an interest in the space uh, and kind of, kind of picking this book. I really was interested in learning more since I didn't know a lot. Um, maybe just because it was such a flawless mission that it wasn't as exciting as I maybe thought it was going to be in some certain parts. But I don't think that's to the fault of the author because you can't really play up something that nothing bad really happened. And that kind of leads to the, the, like, the overcorrection issue um, where you may have overhyped it just to kind of get that sense of conflict within the space modules because it was a nearly perfect um, operation in total. So I thought that was kind of maybe hard to grow excitement towards at times, but uh, I kind of move over to the pros. Um, I think it's very well written and well researched. I think the writing style is really interesting, just like intertwining the chapters. Um, obviously, besides like that one chapter that we all didn't really care for, I thought all the chapters and kind of like how we intertwine between stories and kind of Especially, I think it was chapter 13 where we talked about 1968. Definitely probably one of my favorites of the book just because it gave you that grand scope. And I think maybe having another chapter like that at the end would have been really great, like Tyler mentioned. Um, yeah, I think it's really well researched. Like I said, he, he talked with each of the wives and astronauts, um, I think, multiple times. So you think that kind of shines through, um, kind of getting their details and what it was like. Um, I also think it did a really good job uh, this book did a great job of explaining the, the kind of gamble and what it took for NASA to pull this off. I think I put I like hold with a higher guard now what technically like all the moving pieces that have to work and and like uh, work as one basically to make this happen. And I it's kind of amazing if you think about how we sent people to to orbit the moon less than four months. So. Uh, I think it portrays America at its best. Like we said, when we have a common enemy that we're working to beat, I think that's when America's at its best. And I think this book shows that. Um, so with the score, I think I'm going to kind of mirror Tyler on this. Uh, I was looking at between this and the great game. And I actually, since I'm such a kind of nerd of geopolitics and in that nature, I actually think that was deserves a seven, six where this one, I would give mirroring Tyler a seven, five. Um, I think it's, like I said, if you like space and you like NASA pro the NASA program, you're gonna enjoy this book. Um, maybe not the most exciting tale, but I think it's still important to read given that climate of that time. Christian? My, my turn, okay. Uh, I don't really know. I had such a tough time like figuring out what to say about this book. Uh, it didn't exactly like capture my attention all that greatly i think that person's writing peters between like being really stylistically brilliant and like really capturing my attention and 
other times reading like a high school essay i think those moments where it reads on like a high school essay he was focusing too much on things uh that he shouldn't have been focusing on and kind of you could disregard and uh this larger story and his writing was really brilliant at times where he was focusing on all the right things um so i agree with the susan sentiment a little too much of that kind of didn't really understand how it fit into the story um i think that beyond the susan thing there were like maybe too many focuses in this book you had the cold war uh you had the soviet union you had protests you had the astronauts backgrounds their families the presidency and then the mission so i think maybe person could have focused on less and uh it would have made it that much better i think some of the good things about the book uh i had no idea about apollo 8 uh i only really knew about apollo 11 and before this book i couldn't tell you that the moon landing was apollo 11 uh if you asked me what mission it was so i think i learned a lot about the space race um i think i learned a lot about the 60s and kind of the upheaval that was going on in america at the time and i thought it was cool to get that perspective along with uh this mission so that's what i'll say can't say i was real motivated to read this book it wasn't really something i felt like i had to pick up at night uh when it was time to to read so that being said i think i'm going to put it at a six eight above cinderella man above lost city of the monkey god above and then there were none i think it kind of just this book is, to me, was frightfully average. Yeah. So that puts it at... Uh, we're missing Jared's score. Uh, so it was 7-5. I was keeping track on the wrong page. I, 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 I just edited a lot of my scores to fit this in somewhere. <laughs> put, put, the, put this right in the middle. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty expanding the uh the scoring as we read more books i think i think we started really concentrated yeah i think uh like i said at the end of the year we'll make our adjustments i'm already seeing some that don't really fit my scoring uh, but that'll be adjustments made at the end and we can kind of have a segment on that at the at the pages award show um where we give our uh adjustments just because it's as we read more, it's already going to be harder and harder to split hairs between books. But um, yeah, I think the score kind of reflects with other ones. Uh, Kevin's raising his hand, so I'm going to... Um, we haven't had a book below a 6.1. <laughs> I'd like to volunteer myself to find us a book that's below a 6.1 <laughs> no, when no, it becomes no. my turn. No, no. Well, you well, you, you... well, I think what we talked about after The Killers of the Flower Moon, I think what we're going to do is we're going to each member will pick five books maybe we'll have like a, an announcement for their team and then we will all put those into the random wheel generator and we will pick our book on that front so uh the power is up to you to to submit whatever you would like uh, we're not doing a you're like whatever you want to throw on there you can throw on there there's no limit i like that as long, i think i think five books as long as they're like longer they're less than 500 pages the, the power is to you. I would say maybe stick no. away from 
a series maybe just because because it's might be hard to start a series and then we're going to want to finish the series so but i would say power to you if you want to do whatever you want to do but um, might be a good way to end cap season one of the 20 pages book club so Diary of a Wimpy Kid, baby. <laughs> it's, 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 it would bring back nostalgia. You finally hit Christian's reading level. Um, all right. <laughs> all right. We'll go to, uh, we'll go to, uh, the snake draft board. Oh, God. I forgot about this. I started making my. Yes. Yeah, so, Tyler, why don't you intro what those uh, categories are? Uh, if someone else could do it, that would be appreciated since I got a. Yeah, I, I got it. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Tyler's always so underprepared, so don't worry. People people like Christian and I can step in and help out. Um, the snake draft categories today will be your favorite slash the best space mission, the planet or moon you would most like to visit in our solar system, as per Tyler Brazel. Worst role in NASA, which is just crazy category. And then... Category four, worst ways to die on a space mission, which is also a crazy category. But those are the those are the categories for the snake draft. And Tyler, are you going to decide the order for us? Um, yeah, I will. I will spin the wheel. Um, and uh, we'll we'll get it done here. <laughs> well, uh, we'll come back to you when we have the wheel ready to go. No, no, uh... it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. On the scoring system key, I love how there's now a DNF category to where I, you did I, that. I, I DNF I did that. the great game. I did that. <laughs> well, because when I was editing the video for the great game and the scoring, that was when Christian was on vacation. So I was like, he gives he gives it a six nine, but he also did not finish the <laughs> so, when this eventually comes on our website, there will be a the people a listening will see that there's a there's an asterisk next to the great game six nine that Christian is giving it. All right, I'm spinning the wheel uh, for the viewers at home. Let me move this so they can see somewhat. Yeah. All right. I should have gave the great game a five. All right. Let's, those are, I mean, those are adjustments that can be made at the end of the year. So save save your criticisms for the end, and we'll adjust it, and then we'll we'll give our final rankings of the year. All right. The great game needs to be like a four. All right, Christian, you are you are you no, are pick your no. I don't want to. Don't do this to me. I don't want to be the. You get to pick. Pick pick your spot in the draft. I don't. Uh, I already forgot the category. He's being clowned for like being the guy that doesn't take the one one that everybody thinks is the one one. So put me at put me at two. Okay. All right, Christian's going in at one. <laughs> Kevin, you're next. Pick your spot. I'm in the same boat as Christian. I will go three. Notice the crickets on the other side. They always criticize when me and Jared come up on the wheel, but they came up first this time and crickets. So, oh, no, you're just mixing it in, so we, we don't yeah. get suspicious. Crickets. You're honest. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm next. I'll go. I'll go four. All right. and Jared will go third. All right. You mean first? first oh yes. yeah, yeah yeah sorry i i mixed up what kevin said so um all right we're ready to go we're ready to roll all right uh in terms of yeah i think this i actually think there is a clear one one here 
Um, so I will gladly take the, the first pick. Um, I think I'm going to have to go with Space Mission Apollo 11. I think yeah, even before yeah. reading this book and after reading this book, um, being on Apollo 11 has like all the variety of people. I think the first person to step up to, to lay foot on the moon was Aldrin, Neil Armstrong. Um, I think in that sense, it's it's the most notable mission. Now you could argue after reading this book that Apollo 8 would probably be right on up there just because they were the first people to orbit the moon and whatnot and really like travel space instead of just uh, kind of do an Earth orbit. Um, but yeah, I think that was my kind of 1-1 one, one, and I'm glad I got to take it. So propaganda don't mind that pick Tyler was shaking his head so I'd like to hear why I'll get to it in my pick I I think yeah that that was one of my thoughts for one one but I just wasn't sure honestly I think I have a sleeper pick for space missions so I think that two one or one two the pick you got to go with here if Apollo 11 is taken is planet slash moon to visit and I'm taking Mars I think Mars is today's moon as far as space exploration goes. It's kind of the next step forward for human civilization. And there's the possibility that Mars could be colonized eventually. Um, there's a lot of interesting things uh, that could happen with Mars, which I think makes it the most interesting within our solar system. You're telling I, me you could go to any place and you're going to choose the mo one of the most accessible well, ones. Uh, I'm well. It's 250 million miles away. First off, I'm I'm not speaking from the perspective of like what would I want to visit. I'm speaking from the perspective of what is the most beneficial for humans on Earth to gain knowledge and um and to explore. And I think I think the most logical next step is Mars. I like the pick. I don't. Okay. Well, elaborator. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're gonna did. pick one of fucking like Jupiter, Saturn's moons that provides no oh, benefit. That's also to dumb. <laughs> yeah, it's um, this guy's gonna pick. This Mars. I mean, Mars is the the planet that could sustain life out of any other planet in our solar system. So, that sounds yeah, like you're telling me you could go to any planet in our solar system, and you're gonna choose the one that's probably the most accessible that you could actually land. I don't even know. I don't know if you could actually get to any of the other planets because we're gas giants. Well, this is all theoretical, no? We're choosing which one we'd most want to. Well, I mean, you could was possible. Why would you not? Why would you not want to be one of the people that could potentially be the first colonizers of a next planet? Because I want to be one of the people that's one of the first colonizers of a cooler planet that's further away. That's a bigger bigger accomplishment why don't you go pick okay it? you you would have to prove that colonization there's potential for colonization on this planet which would mean that you're trying to prove something that is beyond the heads of even nasa yeah exactly <laughs> okay all right well it's not theoretical um anyways <laughs> i'll just go into my next pick uh i have no other answer for this category just because I didn't think anything else was very interesting. So I'm going to follow Jared's steps and take a space mission, and I'm just going to take Apollo 8. Uh, chalk, it's what the book was about. Uh, 
I don't want to obviously take a mission where the rocket exploded. I don't want to take a mission where there was a malfunction. Apollo 11 was the first moon landing. I don't want to take any of the other moon landings after that. And Apollo 8 was, again, you know, it just brought America together. Uh, tough year, 19, 1968, I think the year was. Just brought everybody together on, on Christmas towards the end of the year. Talked about it. Talked about it all in our last three meetings. I mean, it's just a great, great story, a great mission. You can't really fault it. Now, cute Tyler faulting it. Cute Tyler's bear. I think that's fair. I mean, just a boring pick picking the mission that the book detailed. But go. Kevin's got to go back to his. Kevin's got to do some soul searching. So this is a safe pick. He couldn't screw it up. He's had. I also. I had no other answers. That's the so, alternative to my argument is that it's just a solid lock of an answer. Yeah, I had no other answers because I wasn't going to choose any the other ones I kind of mentioned. So, all right. Uh, with that, my one one is still available, which I'm excited about. Uh, shut up. Yeah. He, he, he does this yeah. every time. Well, actually, mine, <laughs> my number one is. You guys didn't get it. So. You guys ever watch? You guys ever watch part of my take where like Big Cat and PFT? Yeah, I know. That's the... no, I've never, I've never, I've never that's heard my, that show. That's my number one. All right, you guys don't have to be assholes. Uh, <laughs> space mission. You guys, yeah, you're, yeah, you are the asshole. You guys, you guys are all in the American propaganda. the The space mission that led it all is Sputnik One. Uh, that is my pick. Uh, it is the it is the first mission. Uh, that was with, a Soviet mission, dude. Yes, with an astronaut to go to space. It paved the way for everything here. Uh, it, it is the first mission. It is what propelled us, gave us the possibility to go into space. Uh, you know, if you, it, it is Soviet. That is the one, uh, you know, part about that. But if if we're looking at it objectively, it is everything that paves the space program for both countries. It paved the way for all of these fellow mi- or follow missions. It it told us to dream bigger, and Sputnik is is that mission. So uh, that might just be the worst first round pick of all time. Nice yeah. Heartlands. I honestly I agree with Kevin here. I think that's pretty terrible. That being a one one is disastrous. I I I, th- I think you guys I think you guys are, are are scheming against me, but it's okay. You know no, the, the viewers will. I'm, I'm being completely. Where's, is it, where's where's the gold sickle and ham, hammer in your background? Go go go! I I I haven't looked it up, but if you probably look up most important space missions of all time, I'm uh, I would bet money that Sputnik is number one on everyone's list. Yeah, Crazy. but it's because the they they beat us to the to the cut. Like we would have lost. We, we dominated everything after that. Yeah, and we followed like right after. Look, man, I you know what I I don't care if I lose the draft. I I I think you guys are 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 out of your minds. Uh, so it's okay. I don't think it's a bad pick, but to say it's your one no, it's overall, not, it's called spade a spade. It's 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 a bad. No, pick. Yeah. It, it's a good. I think I think it's a good pick. Let's let's let's, pick let's, let's, let's look up most important space missions of all time. Oh, I still have to pick mine, so don't start spoiling all these space missions. For the third space mission off the board, I think it's okay, but you also drafted this in the first round, which is just outlandish. Let, let's follow yeah. along with the the readers. Uh, popular mechanics: the sixteen most important space missions in history. Number one, Sputnik one. Okay, let's check the next article. Okay, uh, top okay, ten I can write key space articles. Missions. But... 
You could write BuzzFeed articles that North Korea is the best place to live. <laughs> NASA's 10 grand. Oh, well, that's just NASA. So, uh... Oh, so that, that doesn't count. Well, I mean, it just says NASA. So I need, like, everyone. I'm sorry. Okay, search, up, search, up non, search up non-communist space missions, the most important ones. Let's see which one comes up. It's going to be spot. What? It's the first time someone went into space. I don't know. You guys are are drunk American okay, propaganda. Um, I'll take I'll take Zon Five with the tortoise. Son. Okay. Because <laughs> it was the first living creature in space. Tyler's gonna pick a cosmonaut for if we had that. <laughs> I I may protest the rest of the draft just because you guys are are absolutely hammered. Um. I was going to take the first, like, model rocket that was launched in some little Russian's backyard. <laughs> All right. Uh, instead, yeah. of, instead of place, Planet Moon, he just wants to visit the Soviet Union. That's... <laughs> <laughs> I'm I, I'm I'm officially filing a protest for this entire... entire <laughs> text them. Nice pick, Brazel. All right. You're up again. Let me guess. You're 2-1 still on the board. <laughs> Worst way to die. Worst role in NASA. I got, I got things. You know what? I'm All just, of them. I, I, I may just, I may just start picking random shit. Hey, we got a good draft going. Don't throw it away. If, if you could, this might, this would be the greatest comeback of all time. I, that way. I, I think you guys. Well, Christian, I, you know what? I hate to insult your guys' intelligence, but I think you guys are dumb here. I think you guys. There's no other way to well, say it. No, I hate to. You don't hate insulting our intelligence. I was resorting to insulting our intelligence. I, I mean, uh, continue on your pick. Let's worst, worst, I'm going to start watching college football. Worst ways to die on a space mission. I'm going to pick incarcerated within the cockpit as the kids you teach watch live from the classroom. Jesus Christ. Dude. I haven't pulled out the challenger knowledge. So my, oh my god, I don't know. You write oh that down. Point. Incarcerated within the cockpit as the kids you teach watch live from the classroom is my worst ways to die. Uh, Just write fire in the cockpit. Challenger teacher, right? Challenger teacher. <laughs> he actually wrote the whole thing out. That's fine. <laughs> Leave it like that. That's my pick. You wrapped it. I don't, have, I don't want to talk about it. Go ahead. Oh, oh my God. That was unexpected. And He's taking off his headphones so he can't hear us. What a moment in sports. <laughs> well, I mean, talk about worst pick of all time. Especially when there are already two other missions off the board. In yeah. <laughs> there's no way. There's no way Christian's thinking Sputnik 1. No. He could have picked that with the twentieth pick of the. Or the 20th I had Apollo. Apollo. I had Apollo eight, Apollo eleven, and then my pick. Nothing else. We, we could have done a draft where you had to pick two picks in each category, and it still would have not been off the board. No, <laughs> so down bad right now. You think Tyler's low-key listening? He definitely is listening right now. You can tell. Oh this, God! Does Tyler offer that you guys all split your guys' salaries equal wage, and you guys? Gets rid of the free market. <laughs> okay, yeah, uh, we can we can keep going. We're only five picks in. We've been there. All right, I'll take uh, I'll take planet or moon to visit. I think I'm gonna have to go with Saturn here. My my thought process is, 
the the rings look cool from down here, right? Through some of those telescope thingies. What does that actually look like up close? With the the rocks all orbiting. I also don't even understand how that really works. Like how those how the Saturn's rings really work. Like why does the Earth not have rings? Anyways, I think it'd be really interesting to go. It'd be interesting to go see, get pictures of. Imagine those pictures if we thought the, the moon or the Earth crossing the moon's horizon was cool. Imagine up close Saturn instead of seeing like, thick rings, actually seeing what made up those rings and, what the actual body, the planet's body looked like. I think it'd be really cool. Obviously, to Christian's point, it's probably not feasible, currently. Or maybe ever, or for a very long time, but. I think that would be a very cool planet to visit. I don't. I don't mind that pick. You're going more for the aesthetic piece of. Yeah, I think it's like the first planets people think of is like Mars, Saturn, and Jupiter. So yeah, that's yeah. a good pick. I think Saturn, like Christian said, most aesthetically pleasing. So happy getting it there. All right, back to uh, the photography guy. Yeah. All right. Uh... Still thinking of, I think there's a lot for worse ways to die. I'm going to go with roll. I came up with this. I I thought of this idea last night as Tyler and I were watching the Challenger documentary. But when disaster strikes, you do not want to be that guy that when all the families are huddled together in one room, you have to be the first to go and address the families of the astronauts who got caught in disaster. That would be... An absolute nightmare because you just know the reception is not going to be good. You know you're going in and you're going to get at you're going to see uh, tragedy, you see tears. Uh, you got to deliver the bad news, and you know the reception is no matter what you say, the reception is going to be terrible. So the bearer of, the bearer of bad news, I like, I like that pick. Bearer of bad pick. news. I think there's other bearer of bad news roles. So like. Uh, Call it, call it the, intern, the intern that has to go off. Call it family, family relations. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a good pick, even if there is a disaster or not, just because like it's so stressful, like having to deal with people on edge. Yeah, like even thinking about like in the back of your mind, like when they're not answering for those four minutes after coming around, you're probably just sitting there for those four minutes, like fuck, I'm like you start preparing what you're gonna say. Yeah. I don't even know what you say. Yeah, I, I thought of it like giving like presentations at work, like the uh, reception can be variable. Like you don't really know what you're going to get. You hope reception is good. Uh, being that guy, you like you, you got to be prepared for it to be bad, which would be an absolute nightmare to me. I don't, I don't think I could handle it. Grace has left the room. Yeah, I thought he was going to go in your room. Uh, I think he's in the bathroom. All right. Well, um, I guess Tyler for my up <laughs> <laughs> on the mic. What are you doing? All right, go ahead. For <laughs> listeners uh, who are not watching the YouTube, Tyler has taken a protest after we have scrutinized his first pick. Uh, nice to see that he's mentally weak. Um, well, for uh, can. For my second round pick, I think I'm gonna go with worst ways to die. I think the worst way would just to be like sent off into space yeah. without like any discord. Like you wouldn't be able to do anything about it. Like in the case of Apollo 8, if they messed up the 
the lunar orbit um, thing, and they were just like sent off due to the gravity and like launched, slingshotted into darkness of space. Like, there's nothing you can do. I think that would just be like a really hard way to go out, just because you'd have to say your final words and you know the end is now. Whereas like, if it's a explosion or something that happens really instant, you don't have to like dwell and think about it. Um, like you can, like they talked about those pills that the astronauts could take, like to just end it all if they really wanted to. But I think just like knowing that you're not going to survive and like having the guilt of that is just would be awful. So, yeah. I'm just being sent out into like a void of darkness, basically, or like unknown. Yeah, I started thinking like for some for some reason in those circumstances, I didn't think about oxygen loss. I thought about like who, which which astronaut they were gonna eat first, <laughs> uh, instead of just like you know you're gonna die, so you might as well all go out together. But I I somehow like. Do you think one of them would be like? Like faking. <laughs> it's like a switch for the pre the cabin pressurization. He's like three, two, one, psych. <laughs> Pop it in the back. What is... Psych. Oh. <laughs> He can hear us. He just he's just proving this is all I'm saying. He's protesting. Uh, okay, third pick. Um, I think my fourth pick will uh, my planet will stay to the end. So I'm not gonna go ahead and take that. I'm gonna go ahead and take um, worst role NASA, and that's gonna be I don't I forgot what the person's name was, but that role of like being in charge on the ground of NASA, but not being one of the astronauts. I think you have like all the risk but none of that reward or or like spotlight if you do succeed like i feel like if things go wrong you're the one to blame potentially on the ground for rushing the program or rushing um whatever the case may be because even if the astronauts screw up something like they can come back to you and be like you rush them into space like they weren't trained enough like whatever the case may be and then if things go well like you'll have that i feel like it's just like, as it should be like it was your job to get make sure that they got back to say safely and like i feel like it's just like a lose-lose and it's not an appreciated job so that's why i think it would be a tough role to be in so clarification is this like like head of nasa or is this like flight command uh, it's like not, it's like a fourth the, astronaut that doesn't go on the mission that's like no no, no not that i'm not i'm not talking about like i'm thinking more of like you're thinking like fall guy Head up at NASA, um, not Webb. Like I guess whoever Webb's replacement was, I forgot. Uh, uh, Kent, George Kent. So like head of NASA. Yeah, because I, I think you don't get like. That's a good, it's like that's a good way to put it. Head of operations. Yeah, because I think like. So you're making the decisions, but you don't get any of the. That's just like no, you don't get the same glory as the astronauts, really. But then, it, if something bad happens, you get blamed. Exactly. I think it was was it Chris Kraft? Yeah. I think I think whatever his position. So I think he was like head of operations. Oops. All right. Let's see. Solid. Uh, it's me. Yep. Uh, what was I gonna do? Oh, okay. Uh, I don't need to take space mission. I can wait. Uh, 
until the last round. <laughs> my pick is much like <laughs> my pick for worst way to die in with the old breed. With the old breed, I picked your your relief from the mission. You're on your way home, and you get caught like by a straight bullet, like a situation like that. I think the parallel here is dying in during re-entry um the the mission is done uh everything you went out to do is done all you have to do is return home safely and there is a lot of risk involved it's one of the parts of the mission that things can go terribly wrong i think it's one of those situations where you're so close yet so far away um and dying during that stage uh would be pretty tough I think that's a good pick. Yeah, that was probably going to be my pick for Worst Way to Die. So. <laughs> well, now you don't have to pick it until the end. Yeah, but I'd rather pick that than my worst role at NASA. Because no one's going to pick my worst role at NASA. Um, well, I guess. Should we all just vote for Tyler? <laughs> no. No, I was gonna act like he's hearing us. I was gonna see if he could. <laughs> I was seeing if he could hear us. I was seeing if he would flinch. <laughs> I think he. I think he can't. He can hear me at least. Let's see. Let's see if he put his headphones up. Oh. Oh. All right. I, I can go. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I'll just go. Um. So, obviously, Jared took sent, getting sent off into space, just into the the dark unknown. Tyler basically took on the launch. Christian took dying during re-entry. So I'm going to take dying during, like, landing on said planet or moon or whatnot. So you survive the launch, which is arguably one of the hardest parts of the mission is launching. You survive that. You see where you're going, most likely. And you're going, you're calling into to Capcom, you're like... Houston, we uh, we we see the moon, we're we're heading in, and then you just you just don't slow down and you or you don't grab onto orbit like you don't turn enough to get into the orbit and then you just blow up the on boosters, the face of the boosters fail, fail to slow you down. Yeah, and you're just heading yeah, straight. Yeah, you're heading straight at a solid object. You can't you can't really like redirect your course. It's just gonna be like instant impact and death, which would be a fast death, but. I don't really know what else to pick here. To be no, you could pick like stranded on like. A, I was gonna say that. Like, what, what if you got stuck? I mean, your pick could kind of encapsulate that too. No, my pick is basically just detonate impact like, of collision <laughs> impact in during mission, like impact during mission, whatever that may be, like asteroid. Yeah. Eagle has. Okay. You wouldn't even get that off. You'd just be dead. Eagle is heading straight for the planet. <laughs> Eagle is going way too fast. Right, Bye. Put his headphones back on. Okay. Um, I'll select. What? What do I have? Your voice, Your voice uh, is beautiful. I uh, I have worst role in NASA and planet to visit. Uh, oh, I guess I get to pick both right now, so it doesn't matter. Uh, worst role in NASA. I like Christian's pick. Uh. I'm going to go with 
we'll just we'll just keep on going with the fucking challenger uh theme. Uh guy who signs off on the rockets. There you go. Fall guy. Oh, wouldn't that be head of operations? No, the guy who was the guy that did it? It wasn't part of the contractor. It'd be Warner Von Braun in this in this book yeah. scenario, but uh the guy okay. They they get a go ahead from the contractor that says we're, we're in Challenger. They got well in Challenger. They didn't get a sign off from the engineers, and still launched. But um, yeah. it was the VP of the company, I think. Yeah, who signed? So off. Like in in Apollo Eight circumstance, it would be like the uh, the boosters because yeah. they hadn't fully proven the boosters. Gotcha. Goofballs. Um, All right. All right, and like then that I'll take place planet and moon. Well, I'm having a great draft, um, but planet, <laughs> planet and moon to visit. Um, Soviet Russia. Uh, I'll do. I'll yeah. I'm gonna go back Moscow. to. I'm gonna go back to my my fourth grade science project. I'm picking one of Saturn's moons, Titan. Uh, Titan, mm-hmm. Titan. Uh, oh, full of methane seas and nitrogen skies. It's it's rumored that scientists won't have to wear space suits when they land here. Uh, that isn't confirmed yet, but they think that may be the case. And it is the only thing in our solar system that has liquid on its surface. I didn't know that. It's the only one of, uh, is this Saturn's moons or Jupiter's moons? It's the only one I know of the gas giant moons. There you go. Titan, very cool. It's very cool looking if you look it up on the uh, on the Google thing. All right. Yeah. After, after your pick, I put uh, I put Titan, and then I put in parentheses Saturn's moon because you probably don't know what this is. So good pick. You're gonna visit a planet that you would just die on impact on getting close to it. So. All right. Is that all? Considered the possibility that there's life inside of the the gas. You know. Hey. You know what. You know what? I want to change my pick. No, you can't. Nope, not, not I want to fly into the sun. <laughs> Man, that's a good. That's a good pick. It's better than Titan. <laughs> I'm kidding. Just giving you a hard time, Brazil. That's all. All right. If you post this on social media with anyone that has any clue, I'm winning this draft. I'm sure you are sitting in the cockpit while your students are watching the class and we're really tug at the heartstrings. <laughs> Worst ways to die in a space mission. Just pick into the to draft. be fair, your draft isn't that bad. There were just better things available. Like if you just isolate your draft, it's pretty solid, but I have right, too, bad have, too bad there's not enough fans for them to vote for yours first. So it just comes on to us. I, I, I have the guy that went to space first. Uh, that's all I need. Well, you don't have him exactly. Well, I have Sputnik. So. Yeah. Hmm. Huh? Hmm. Spoken holes. All right. Uh, you, you, I have to choose. You have a bunch of guys that orbited around a fucking moon that's worthless that you don't even think is real. Again, for the third time, I do believe the moon is a real thing. I see it most nights. I don't believe that the moon is fake. Anyways, I, I don't choose that. <laughs> Worst role in NASA. So you guys all chose, uh, I guess Christian, not necessarily the bearer of bad news, doesn't really get any sort of glory afterwards. 
That was a really good pick, Christian. Honestly, not looking at it. That's such a horrible position because you get like no glory, and then if it goes bad, you just get the worst possible reception. But anyways, head of operations. If it goes well, you get some glory. Guy who signs off on the Rockets, you probably don't get as much glory as head of operations, but you get glory uh, from inside NASA most likely, and you probably helped manage that entire project. So, um. I will pick somebody that gets no glory, but it does all the dirty work for NASA. I will go with the janitors of NASA. <laughs> okay. They do all the dirty work. They get no credit. You guys probably didn't even they probably didn't even come to your brain that they were part of the NASA organization. You know, I was thinking like what you would pick, and I honestly thought there's there was a chance that you would go, Hey, we're blue collar podcasts. We respect all blue collar workers. So yeah. It's not fair that they don't get any credit. I think being a custodian is a very rewarding job. I don't think it's a worst role in NASA. It's the worst role in the case that you don't get any glory or credit. And no one, you guys didn't even think about those being as people that were part of the NASA organization. But I did. So I stand with my custodians. I'd like to say, uh, I'd like to change my answer to the chimpanzee. Because literally a part of NASA and no one... (laughs) <laughs> Dude, imagine imagine being a turtle getting launched into orbit. That's what I'm saying. There's like they come back to the family. You're not going to believe where I'm. <laughs> no one believes you at the pond. They all think you're just taking like the equivalent of shrooms to turtles or DMT. Yeah. <laughs> you guys aren't going to believe this. Shit. <laughs> what kind of drugs is this guy on? <laughs> Oh, that's crazy old man Zon 5. <laughs> <laughs> He's crazy in the head. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> all right, I got to pick. Why <laughs> look at the picture Brazil just shared with us? Brazil's just upset. This is our funniest episode, and he's just proven that he took a time out from it. Uh... All right. A real clown is sitting in the <clears throat> sitting in the bottom right. Uh, Find a mirror, Brazil. Find a mirror. I gotta pick my space mission. Huge, huge value pick here. Uh, the Hubble Space oh, Telescope. Oh. The Hubble Space Telescope. Uh, probably has benefited more than any of these missions to what we know about space, especially deep space and things beyond our galaxy. Uh, We've probably developed a knowledge of our universe through the Hubble Space Telescope more than any piece of science uh, known to man. It's a really good pick. It's a good pick. Go ahead, Tyler. Tyler. What do you yeah. What do you have to say? No, this was not a communist mission. This was no, an no. American mission. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that this is a good pick in the context of what's written in the categories on the right, but in the group message, it did say space mission to go on, but we didn't completely fill that in. Um, well, in, in the upper you can, re- you can remote, you can remotely go on it. Yeah. Yes, you can. Just throwing it out there. I like the pick. I'll so, I, it. But given what's written, to be fair, what's written in that snake draft category up there is space mission. Wait, that that applies to Sputnik One too, right? That was just a satellite. No, 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 no. Well, that's, that's what, what I'm saying. The, the cosmonaut. Uh, was was it a manned mission? Okay. It was the first man in space. 
Well, I'm sure I'm sure there's missions up to the Hubble Space Telescope. They probably they in fact I read that they did maintenance. At first they thought it was a bust and uh they had to go up and uh reconfigure the telescope and no, I think the pick is I think the pick is good. I think we accept it. Okay. Thank you. Uh last pick for me. Um so I need my planet or moon to visit. I'm going to one up Tyler. Um I'm looking at the MIT technology review and Titan is number three on places that we would be able to live. So I'm going to up him at Jupiter's moon, <laughs> Europa. Um, this is probably arguably the most famous moon outside of our own in the solar system. Um, has a huge icy shell. Um, and they do think that um, it's the planet that, or the, the body that has the most chance of having water in our solar system. So we need water to survive. <laughs> I'm going with Europa. Yeah, might as well be Siberia if we're putting in Tyler's Tyler's uh, lens. Um, but I think Christian has run away with this one, so I didn't really think this pick really mattered as yeah. much. So, I mean, if we, Kevin, if we just want to, I mean, yeah, I already voted for Christian. You know, I, I, for you Christian I, think, I think Christian already won this, so that's why I was going to go with Europa no matter what. But I don't think this really matters. Thank you. That's my f first win in a while. I would vote for Tyler. As well. okay. Thank you, Tyler. Unanimous. All right. I thought that was the best snake draft that we've put together. That was, I watched Tyler. Tyler definitely at Tyler's didn't expense. At Tyler's expense. But, Tyler, you were part of the entertainment. So. I mean, I, I, I think like we put this on TikTok and it gets on space TikTok. I think you guys are done for. <laughs> okay, well, let's do it. Well, turn us a space TikTok. <laughs> I think you guys are done for. I think you guys are, you guys are fucked. I mean, it's subject to opinion. Can we talk about our next book? TikTok? Oh no! <laughs> put it, put it on Russia TikTok. You're the clear winner. <laughs> Yeah, you, you got for office. <laughs> Just invited Tyler. Wait till he hears that we also read Red Notice. <laughs> You're in trouble. Invitation to the Kremlin. Yeah. I'm just objective. Um, who won? The, you guys are gonna hear. You guys gonna hear the national anthem played at your guys' house. <laughs> in the shower. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who won the meme competition for this book? I did, I think, with the turtle meme. It's on fire. Oh, yeah. So Jared won meme competition. I won Scriblio, and Christian won the snake draft. Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler won the participation medal. Tyler, Tyler won the Lock hearts of the Soviet Union. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's that's it. We're done. <laughs> I'll fucking do trivia again, so you look like a fucking idiot every week again. I'll do it. <laughs> okay. all right. With all that, um, okay. that, was, that was our book, Rocket Man. Um, <laughs> provide us a lot of entertainment value in that sense. Um, yeah. While while we're gonna take us. Quick pause for a second while we pull up so we need to, to introduce our next book. And then we're gonna <laughs> <laughs> What are you muttering in here, bro? <laughs> I'm gonna try to 
trying to watch college football for the past 50 minutes. Oh, oh shut up. It's, it's the Michigan Rutgers you're missing. It's probably 7-7. Brandon's, Brandon's screaming something in the living room. What was decided, decided to talk about it. What was that? That was Brandon. 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 What did he even say? He said something about the ball. I... <laughs> He's doing this on purpose now because we can. Yeah, I don't know. All right, move on. All right. Uh, so I'm going to have a summary pulled up of Killers of the Flower. Yeah, I do. Uh, Killer, our next book is going to be Killers of the Flower Moon. We're going to try to. I'm glad. We're hopefully going to be able to at least get me, Christian, and Tyler to all watch the movie together if Tyler still allows me in his home after this. Um, do you guys just want me to good go with Good thing Christian will allow you in the home. True. Is there, you guys want to say anything before I read the summary? Just jump into it. Go. Well, I guess we've, we picked this movie because of the, obviously, the movie, Scorsese movie coming out. Brazil's giving us attitude here. <laughs> Any, anything, Brazil? No. I, I want to watch college football. All right. Oh. Uh, <laughs> a twisting, haunting, true life murder mystery about one of the most monstrous crimes in American history. The nineteen twenties. Okay, stop interrupting. We'd be done sooner. In the nineteen twenties, the richest people per capita in the world were members of the Osage Indian Nation in Oklahoma. After oil was discovered beneath their land, the Osage rode in chauffeured automobiles, built mansions, and sent their children to study in Europe. Then, one by one, they began to be killed off. One Osage woman, Molly Burkhart, watched as her family was murdered. Her older sister was shot. Her mother was then slowly poisoned, and it was just the beginning, as more Osage began to die under mysterious circumstances. And the last remnant of the Wild West, where oil men like J.P. Getty made their fortunes, and where desperados such as Al Spencer, the Phantom Terror, roamed. Virtually anyone who dared to investigate the killings were themselves murdered. As the death toll surpassed more than 24 Osage, the newly created FBI took up the case in what became one of the organization's first major homicide investigations. But the Bureau was then notoriously corrupt and initially bungled the case. <laughs> Jesus. Eventually, the young director, <laughs> J. Edgar Hoover, turned to a former Texas Ranger named Tom White to try to unravel the mystery. White put together an undercover team, including one of the only Native American agents in the Bureau. They infiltrated the region struggling to adopt the latest modern techniques of detection. Together with the Osage, they began to expose one of the most sinister conspiracies in American history. Sounds interesting. All right. Uh, glad to be able to build off some Native American knowledge that I acquired, or may have acquired, so. We didn't read about the Osage in... Uh, no, we didn't, which I was surprised that we didn't. But... Where does this fall in the time period... It's it's post it's got to be post Civil War, yeah. Nineteen twenties. Nineteen. Oh yeah. So this so this is outside the scope of. Uh, of uh, bury, bury my heart. Bury my heart. Yeah, which was like eighteen forties to eighteen eighties or nineties. Kind of cool. It says the newly created FBI took up the case. So this is like right when the FBI was started, and then they this is like the first ever homicide case. So uh, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't pay attention one bit to. Yeah, no, I figured 
No, I okay. never paid attention to uh, that. So, so uh, they, the, this tribe, they lived on an oil reserve. Is that what it was? Okay. They're oil rich. That's why they're rich. Okay. Got it. All right. Should be fun. Interesting. Excited. I'm excited. I'm very happy. I think this is going to be a really good book. I'm excited. I like this angle. I think, I think murder, this is good. Murder mystery. Uh, this yeah. Is, yeah, I think this could be a... Once again, we're kind of going into a different... Uh, I mean, hey, Red Notice was a murder kind of true crime story. It was our highest rated. So, see where this one goes. Um, yeah, so with all that in mind, uh, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Um, we had a blast filming this one. Um, so yeah, so hope you guys enjoy um, and we'll catch you guys with episode one of Killers of the Flower Moon in a couple weeks. Peace. Peace. Peace.